Hey, everybody. Welcome to our post-Super Bowl edition of Pop Sports Shorts. I'm Matt Sell, and I'm here with uh, Jared Erickson. Hey, Jared, how's it going? What's going on, Matt? Uh, recapping a very uh, exciting down-to-the-wire game. Great game. Um, all four. You had some feelings there uh, regarding the teams involved, but uh, I think oh, you guys, I think you, I think you pulled through. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right in. So Rams won 23, 20, uh, honestly, really terrific game. Can't say enough about Matt Stafford in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Rams, uh, the Bengals defense did a great job, similar to what they did against Mahomes, and Stafford was just able to put together a really great drive at the end. And it just felt like it felt like the Bengals were really making them earn every yard all day long. And they really earned it on that final drive. I mean, it was what 20 plays. There was definitely a dubious flag in there. In my opinion, the holding penalty that kind of extended the drive down near the gold line probably wasn't a hold, but yeah. it's also, you know, the ref sees the hand on the player's back. They're going to probably throw a flag a lot of the times. And then the Bengals kind of collapsed from there. They had a few more penalties and it just, uh, totally went south what were your thoughts um i thought um ha 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 ha. sorry um i i thought it was there was there was a bit of a lull in the middle um it it wasn't it it started very exciting um and then it kind of hit like a little bit of a stalemate feel and then it kind of picked back up um and, and again, the, the exciting ending, which got to love that. Um, it, it, it was definitely, it was not by far, not the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. That's for sure. Um, felt, I felt moderately bad for Odell because he did start to have a decent game. Well, and well, there's that. Yeah. The Rams were absolutely like, I mean, it looked like the Rams were just going to run the Bengals out of the stadium until Odell got hurt. And then their whole offense changed. I mean, you could tell he was going to be the target. It, I, I thought he was on his way, well on his way to being Super Bowl MVP after that touchdown catch too. I mean, he had two receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown, but it just, it seemed like he was, they had no answer for him. It looked like the Bengals were out there paying all the attention in the world to Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. just had so much space to run. So worked out for the and Bengals that I, he got injured, but yeah. I, and I, I knew, um, I knew that eventually Cooper cup was going to factor in. That was, that was more of those, one of those, uh, if not if, but when type of deals. Um, but I, I did, I was moderately impressed that he was shut down as much as he was. I really thought he was going to be a much bigger factor. Um, I, I I still enjoy watching Eli Apple get burned, um, <laughs> and not only so you like on the, the field, you like on the feud, yeah, you like the McCall uh, Hardman feud. So I was glad that at least Tyreek jumped in on it later, because even I, as a Chiefs fan, look at Hardman and just go, "Shh, it's just." This is a good burn though, because you do you you heard how this started, right? That Eli Apple offered them tickets to the Super Bowl. He offered yes. uh, Tyreek Hill and uh, Nicole Hardman tickets to the Super Bowl, and so then yeah. they, you know, had to had to burn him a little bit. I mean, he did give up the game winning touchdown. It was a great play, great throw. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, so Cooper Cup won the MVP. Uh, in my opinion, and I'm sure I'll speak for Dan as well, it really should have been Aaron Donald. And I, Without a doubt. I, I get that, you know, Cooper Cup had two touchdowns, so you have two touchdown catches in a Super Bowl that's low scoring. It's hard to not give you the MVP. Uh, in any other circumstance, by the way, like if Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick, if any of those guys had the game Matt Stafford had, they would have been MVP right away. So there's also that argument too. Um, But because it's Matt Stafford and because he's considered like a second tier quarterback, he just wasn't even a consideration to give him MVP. But really for me, Aaron Donald made a whole, a difference in the game. They clearly changed their game plan a little bit in the second half defensively. They blitzed a little more, but he was just, he was in the backfield on every single play and he was either sacking them or forcing a bad throw. I mean, Burrow had, we know that offensive line's bad, but you still have to take advantage. You still have to get pressure. And he was just handling the guards like they weren't even like they weren't even a factor and just breaking yep. through it. The final play of the game, that fourth and one that won the game for the uh, for the Rams. I mean, what happened was Burrow stepped back. He was looking for a slant and the cornerback stepped into the slant. But Burrow made a quick read. I mean, he was sacked within two seconds. If the slant was there, it's a first down, but the slant wasn't there. He immediately moves to his next read, but he only had two seconds. I mean, Aaron Donald got the pressure on him so fast. He, for me, he should have been the MVP also because it just seems so much more common in this day and age for a quarterback or a receiver to take over a game versus to have a defensive, an interior defensive lineman take over a game in that moment and just completely dictate it is incredible. I mean, there's nobody else like Aaron Donald at all. Without a doubt. And, and if you put, I'm trying to think of, well, I, I won't even say the Niners because I don't think the Niners would even remotely have been in that game. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay would not have somebody who would have been in there disrupting the offense as much as Donald was. Um, I mean, and that's been all season. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. It was not- yeah. Once so, you once you paired him with Von Miller, you knew a game oh, like this was coming too. That's just not yeah, fair. Yeah, because how do you? I mean, we talked about it when that trade happened. How do you game plan for that? How do you game plan for? I mean, two two of arguably two of the best, just coming from different directions. And and I, you I, thought I don't know if there. And you know what's crazy is, with all respect, I. I I wonder how this game would have looked with the chiefs. Um, and I know you have some feelings on that. So I'll let you get into that in a little bit, but what I will say is the Bengals defensive, the Bengals offensive line has been a weak point all year, but Joe Burrow is like the reincarnation of Tom Brady in the pocket. So remember Brady and his Brady and his Hey, even now he just, the way he moves in the pocket, the way he buys time, the way he understands the pass rush and, you know, can move a few feet here and there to avoid rushers and buy some time in the pocket. Joe Burrow has those skills and he also knows how to get rid of the ball quickly and go through his reads. So Brady knows if the blitz coming throw into the blitz or he just, he's so intelligent in the pocket. And even when the Patriots didn't have a top tier offensive line, he was always able to buy time in the pocket on a consistent basis to make plays. And Joe Burrow has that too. So he, he kind of allowed the Bengals to get away with their bad offensive line until the Super Bowl, basically. I mean, even yeah. when they played the Jets, the Jets sacked him a whole bunch, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I believe so, yeah. 
By the way, uh, those two teams account for 33% of the Jets' wins the last two years. They beat the Rams and the Bengals. <laughs> you, you, you just you can't, can't help but climb up on that hill, can you? Just one of those teams has Mike White. They probably could blow it out. Um, anyway. Now, see, what, they, what either one of them needed was Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, Mac Jones. Um, I just want... Uh, didn't the Patriots beat the Rams too? That's so upsetting because I just want to see Aaron Donald just, you know. I, anyway. I do everything I can to to not acknowledge the Patriots. Um, Same. I don't even want to look at their schedule anymore. Once they got blown out by Buffalo, it was like, yep, they've been exposed for what yeah. they are. Um, I, I, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my soapbox very short. Um, do it. And, Tell us and how you feel. Be that. So I feel like with the two week gap between the championship game and the Super Bowl, I feel like the Chiefs would have looked at film and said, No, no, okay, that was good. That was terrible. That was good. Fixed as much as they could. And they would have, um, I feel like it would have been another reincarnation of the 54 51 game. Okay. And it, it, I feel like it would have been higher scoring because I feel like Mahomes' ability to extend the play and to make additional plays happen that shouldn't have is something that Burrow doesn't have. And I feel like, the, I'll admit it, the Rams absolutely would have taken advantage of the secondary. Um, and I, I just, I feel like the offenses would have glistened a little better in the Super Bowl had it been KC and and LA. Okay. Patrick Mahomes would have been eaten by Aaron uh, Donald and Von Miller all the same as Joe Burrow was because okay. that's how awesome the Rams defense was in the second half. They right, completely outskied. They got completely outschemed. They completely figured out the Bengals offense. And outside of that big bomb to uh, Higgins, that shouldn't have been a touchdown anyway. So all Bengals fans bitching about officiating can shut up. That's why they <laughs> that that's that was the Super Bowl right there. And it's exactly what I said happened. Rams by three, bam. I was gonna say there was no way you were gonna miss out on uh, joining us to gloat about your uh, your preseason prediction because I think I picked I think I picked Kansas City and the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I think I picked Kansas City to win. So oh, I picked Buffalo to beat. I did pick Buffalo to beat the Rams. I oh, can't quote okay. that much. Okay, I just picked enough. the Rams to win this game because that's what my thought was. But I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm coming in a little late tonight. I said my uh, my significant other is a little under the weather tonight, so I've been taking care of. So I just wanted to have a quick phone in. And yeah, Dan from uh, Dan from Lakeside, first time, long time, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what so 100%, 100% correct. It's, it's, I've been listening for years. And um, it's been it's just been an honor to be on the phone with you guys and uh, to talk sports with some of the best minds in the world. Yeah, you didn't um, start out the call with how you doing, guys, and then like wait for our response awkwardly to let uh, us know, <laughs> as if you couldn't listen to the previous call to know how we were doing. But let me let me see how well I can muster up my New York accent here. Hold on. No, Dan, you're wrong. You're wrong, Dan. You're wrong, Dan. Sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. All right, that's disconnect the, the line. Thing. Disconnect the line. Disconnect the line. That's that's the closest <laughs> I could get to Francesa. Um, okay, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So just just recapping on so I mean the Super Bowl was was an outstanding show. Uh Dan, the halftime show. What what was your um, how did you feel about the halftime show? So the end the, the music part was fantastic. You know, I thought it was I thought it was cool how they rewrote all their lyrics because going into it, I'm just like, how are these guys gonna pull this off? Every single yep. song has like multiple cusses over and over again. But like creative masters, they are they rewrote new lyrics and they did what they had to do to make it work in the spots where they needed to do it. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was it was nice to see something different, like with the hip hop act as a main event finally. Uh, especially for hip hop from my youth that I remember growing up listening to was pretty cool. Um, I thought the production of the show was a little lackluster. Agreed. Agreed. A little, little like, a lot of people are these giving these hot takes. Oh, it's the greatest halftime show ever. First of all, they all must have forgot about Prince. I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And two, like, just, I just like, like, why are we not doing halftime shows in the round? Like, what is, what is with this? I mean, I know it's like they're talking about TV, but I think, you know, I went back and watched, I've been watching Prince's show all week. I've been showing it to some of my students because, you know, introducing them to Prince and everything. And then I watch, you know, some of the other shows that were in the round. I'm like, this comes off better on camera too. Like you can do so much more like with the filming. So I thought the production was a little, um, could have been done better. You know, I thought it was a little boring, a little bland, especially for such a, uh, what, which was such a historic show for Super Bowl halftime shows. I a little underwhelming in, in that department. I thought Kendrick's dancers were awesome. That was like one of my favorite part. It was funny yes. too because you're like, what is Kendrick Lamar doing here? But at the same time, he was freaking awesome. He killed it. He's, so he's off being a Pulitzer Prize winning yeah, rapper. He's off being like one of the smartest people <laughs> in the country. But yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was just because I'm like, man, this is like late 90s, early 2000s. And then Kendrick pops in just to remind us, like, hey, he's still, he's good. He's, oh, good. yeah, absolutely. I said, you don't yeah. win Pulitzer Prizes by not being good. Hey insane yeah he was awesome um thought eminem was great i yep i, I thought jared, he was the best jared had to remind me before we came on that the uh 50 cent being upside down was the beginning of the in the club video which i didn't know um that, uh, <laughs> that's like a prom song for me yeah and exactly he's, he's no longer referred to as 50 cent dan he's dollar 75 and that's due to inflation Ooh. Ooh. my goodness <laughs> let him live let him live <laughs> plus he's like jacked and he could just crush us all probably <laughs> yeah i was gonna say his his arms did look like he would put a beating on still beat the shit i i think he actually would have been able to sack Mahomes in this game with the rams defensive uh, scheme the second half. i agree he would have just i mean yeah. they could have you could have subbed him in for von miller and he probably would have also had three or four sacks on Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. I could have, Jared, I cannot be... let you get away with all that nonsense you were putting in the chat after the game. <laughs> uh, okay. I was gonna Listen. I was gonna let him finish and then I was gonna rail on him. So I'm glad you called him when he did when you did. Um <laughs> nice little jump in perfect timing. <laughs> Dan, uh before we let you go, do you have any thoughts on the end of the Conte bump for Tottenham? Dude, so all right, so I've been a bad Spurs fan. Well, the first the Wednesday game was midweek, and I have a hard time midweek games always um, just because of my work schedule. But um, the Sunday game, so Saturday night, I went to a 40th birthday party, mm-hmm. and I got really fucking lit up. And I was like, man, I'm not waking up at 9 to watch Spurs because they're probably going to fucking lose and piss me off. 
And boy, did I make a great decision because I looked at, I spoiled myself at around one o'clock. I was like, yep, happy I didn't do that because it was a decision of whether I should watch Spurs. I didn't care if I got spoiled. And man, they, they, they are not playing good at all. So I got to go back and watch some highlights before I can really get into Spurs talk. But uh, it seems like it seems like shit's starting to fall apart over there. I don't know if they're trying to work all the new players in. It's not quite there yet, but I have to so I have to go back and watch more highlights. The quotes in the media haven't been pretty either. That's why I joke about the end of the Conte bump, because it just it seems like it's already sort of right. falling apart there. The Southampton game I watched a bit of um, they Southampton, I thought, played better, which shocked me because, you know, how like Southampton have had a few wins, including against West Ham, where it's like they just took three shots and scored on all three shots, but didn't really create yep. anything else. They were definitely, I thought the more creative side, which had me a little worried. And then I, I just, I couldn't believe you guys lost. I mean, I could because wolves are like one of the most boring teams in the league, but uh, it was a little surprising. Uh, Jared, this will count as our premier league recap. So we'll, uh, okay. We'll, good. we'll just do <laughs> two minutes of this and it'll be a good show tonight. Um, we're due for a proper one next show. Yeah, we'll do a proper one. And Jared, yeah. are you gonna are you gonna be joining us after the NFL season? Not to put you on the spot, but uh, what are wow. you gonna do? Uh, I was I was gonna like before I full, go and fulfill my responsibilities as one of the three smoking jays. I was I was gonna do like a semi moderately sappy, somewhat sentimental like thanks for having me, letting me join the club, like, but. But now I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, what yeah, am I gonna do with my Monday or Tuesday nights? Like, damn, we're gonna take shots at you too for the next six months if you don't ever come on, and you're just gonna <laughs> not be able to respond. So just keep that in mind too. Oh, like uh, when I'm, we've enjoyed when I'm upstairs you. waiting for the kids' bus to get here, and yeah, you guys take shots at the Chiefs' defense like that. <laughs> well, should have yeah. left, left your headphones on. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you need to at least join us for the draft. Sometime yeah. around draft time. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. draft. We'll without do a free agent. We'll do a free agent. Maybe do a free agency too. some point. Yeah. We'll the draft's yeah, our Super Bowl. We were here for we were here for your Super Bowl. You can't not be here for our Super Bowl. Oh what, yeah. Um, draft's more is, fun to talk about than the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> is there like a I know hot stove is more of an MLB thing. Is there yeah. like an NFL hot stove? Yeah. I mean, so the thing with the NFL is if you're like one of those top tier NFL players, you never make it to free agency because your team makes sure you don't make it to free agency. Yeah, so you're there's always a lot kinda, more staying at home. You're always kind of starting off with like the second tier of players, but it's still, it eats up pretty quickly and you could be, you can do well in free agency. Like you can make some good signings and, but it's almost incredibly rare that one of those like top tier franchise type players ever hits free agency. You have to draft those guys or trade for them. Especially um, on offense, especially yeah. on offense, especially Aaron Donald's never hitting free agency in his life. Right, there's a handful yeah. of defensive players that never, but you'll see, I mean, the quarterbacks, the elite wide receivers, um, the elite offensive linemen, even like when you get like a, a Kelsey, like tight end, you know, those guys are never making it to free agency until they're in double digits in, in years played in the league. And when the there quarterbacks no other, make it, there was only one other that ever played, and he also played for the Chiefs and then the Falcons. But yeah, just saying. But that, but that was like wanting to go to Falcons after like his twelfth season, right? Yeah, but yeah he, he made, basically he, he was on. Matt, the, he helped Matt Ryan get over the hump too. I mean, yeah, they, had, they finally was, won a playoff game with him. He was starting to go on the decline at that point. So yeah, he helped me win a fantasy football league with two with uh, two tight ends. Like I usually had tight end as a flex. He was my flex one year, his first year in Atlanta. And I had Gronk also. It was great. Oh, yeah. 
You have to wonder, man. Congratulations, Joe Burrow, making it to the Super Bowl. Um, does he join the long list of guys who make it super early, almost too early in their career and never go back? Oh, the Marino Club? Yeah. Does he make that <laughs> list? I mean, if the Bengals don't do something about that offensive line, that maybe. Yeah, because now teams have a game. I mean, yes, if the, if the game plan is still you need uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, but at the same time, like, there's a bit of a game plan there now. I mean, they had – so last bit on the game, it's just – they had Burrow going back into so many five-step drops. It was driving me nuts. Like, throw screens, do something. I mean, they were blitzing, too. It's not like they were just, you know, rushing three and dropping everybody back into coverage. They were putting some blitzes out there, too. It was just, they had him on so many, fi- they should have put him. It, it's hard to say. I'm not an NFL offensive coordinator, but I would expect an NFL offensive coordinator to be able to figure that. It reminded me of the Jets, in a way, with Darnold, where Adam Gase would have Darnold going back into, like, five-step drops despite nobody getting open despite the offensive line protection not holding up at all it just was bizarre to me to watch it really did feel like i was watching the jets with a really good quarterback the way they were game planning the offense Uh, let's let's not get carried away with a really good quarterback joe burrow is a really good quarterback joe burrow is a really good quarterback he had that he was the highest graded quarterback in the nfl for pff and you know I, mean, I love he, PFF. I hate PFF, but it doesn't matter. They still, they know what they're doing. He went, a little bit. he went out and beat the defending AFC champs twice this season. Two time defending AFC. Two champs. times, and he didn't even need a coin twice flip to do season. it. No, I, I attribute <laughs> I attribute that to uh, their offensive rookie of the year. We didn't talk about a, the Ram or the Chiefs tweeting out in all caps. We won the coin toss, and then the Bengals. <laughs> Subtweeting them, yeah, but you lost the game. That's funny. <laughs> I, I was gonna, uh, real quick, hot take well, not hot take, real quick, uh, recap. Wanted to throw out, I don't know if you guys watched, or maybe I'm just the only loser who still does, uh, the NFL honors. No, oh, so you have to at least look on YouTube or look on the Googles. Um, there was a couple of things. So there was uh, Joe Burrow's outfit going to the AFC championship game. And um, Keegan-Michael Key's like, look, look at this episode. Or look at look at this outfit. This outfit is so crazy that Patrick Mahomes forgot how to play football. And the camera cut to Travis Kelsey. And even he was like, not nah, bro. No, <laughs> no. Um, and then there was another, there was another shot, but he's like rolling on up to the, the Super Bowl, looking like he was straight out of who framed Roger rabbit, like easy with the outfits. All right, Cam Newton. I love it. All right. Dan's got, we need to (laughs) (laughs) told you. All right. uh, All right. We need to let Dan go. Matt, uh, yeah, Dan from New Jersey. Uh, thanks for calling in. Hold thanks on, for having me on, guys. Yo, thank we you got Dan, from, get, Dan from the shore. Thanks for calling in. Uh, is, I can't do New York. That's very close. And that's the Jersey yeah. shore, not the South shore. Thank you very much. <laughs> I had to put on my New Jersey 101.5. Thanks for calling in. Uh, thank uh, you for having me. I, I, I'll be back soon. Maybe you guys let me join the show one day. Yeah, maybe. We'll uh, see. Maybe. I had to do a fucking intro tonight, man. All right. You know how much energy I had to muster for that? Yeah, I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to hear it. 
<laughs> I'll catch you guys later. All right. Take it I'll easy. Later, Dan. Bye-bye. Um, what else? There was there was at least one other NFL thing I wanted to cover. Damn. Um, so we talked about Hardman and Hill taking shots. Um, Which was great. Eli, Eli Apple is trash. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to – I'm going to have to start doing some research for what's coming up in the draft. Um, I know the Chiefs have some decisions to make. Um, they clearly need to keep that offensive line together um, because that was that was probably one of the high points this year. Well, you guys hit a home run with uh, Humphrey. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, even uh, what's his face who came over from the Ravens, whose name I always fucking blank. Oh on. yeah, I can't remember. Um, yeah, but I know who you're talking about Orlando. Yeah. I can't remember something like that. But, um, so they 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 clearly need to they need to reassess the secondary. Um. It's like it it has no consistency. There's one game where it's like, did you guys want to play today? And then they'll go out there and just take everything away from the receivers. And then the next game, they're right back to work. I don't know. So it, what I've seen of the Chiefs, it comes down to your pass rush. When your pass rush is getting home, it's fine. You don't need great cornerbacks when you have a good pass rush. But when you have neither, it's rough. And that's like, that's where the Jets live, where you know, the Jets' entire defensive system is built around getting pressure with the front four, and then it doesn't matter as much who the cornerbacks are because you don't need Darrell Rivas out there if you're getting pressure. But the fact of the matter is when you're do when the, when you not getting pressure, it's really bad in a system like that because teams are going to put up a lot of points if you're just having to blitz on every down or something like that. So yeah. that's I thought that's kind of where the Chiefs lived. They just – you know, Chris Jones would have good games. He would sometimes disappear. It felt like, and when that happened, well, teams would put up a lot of points on you. And that's that's when they were doing that experiment between moving him interior, exterior, interior, exterior. Leave him on the inside. He did all his disruption on the inside. Let Clark do what sometimes Clark did. Um, they they just they need they need to really retool everything in the off season. Um, just go back, reassess, look at what worked great and scrap what didn't work like wildcat plays without Mahomes and things like that. Cause I know right. how you are such a fan of that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, to- I, I, I definitely am looking forward to the draft. Um, I am looking forward to some of the coaching hires you know, maybe we'll get some black coaches. Hopefully, I, I doesn't nice. seem that it doesn't seem that way. No, it seems like no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll really start paying attention to baseball again. And um, you know, I'm sure Baltimore will find a way to disappoint me worse than anything KC could have done to me this year. And uh, you know, I'll have something else to cry about. There's always soccer, man. You could always join us. 90 minutes in the morning and you're done for the day. It's great. I feel like that's a tagline for a website that we won't discuss here. 90 minutes. No way. Not even 90 seconds. What are we porn stars? Well, 
True, but you know, I was trying to put in like maybe there's a storyline or something, but yeah, you're right. 90 minutes is a little much. Yeah. Um that's... so well, I, I this has been a blast. Um I definitely, like I said, I will branch out and uh find some more topics to join with. Um but I, I appreciate you guys taking me in and wel- welcoming me into the fold. It has been really good times. Good. I'm glad I had you. Any any final words you want to have on um, before you sign off of Pop Sports Shorts until free agency or the draft? Or whenever you want to come on, you're always welcome. We're in a group chat, so you can just be like, hey, want to come on? Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, I, I'm very, I'm going to go into my seasonal post Super Bowl depression of no football for a couple months. Um, but hey, the draft is in what two months and then three, four months after that is preseason and let's go. Start hitting those mock drafts. Start hitting those mock drafts hard. Although they're not as much fun when you're at the back of the first round. They're more fun when yeah. you're, you know, two top ten picks like Dan and I. Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> hey, maybe you guys will get better. Or I see you, you can laugh. Uh, I know your wife's a Jets fan. I see it with the Jets. You can at least see the roadmap now. Whereas before, two years ago, you couldn't even see the roadmap. It was just a fucking nightmare. Now, at least you're like, okay, they just hit on like five or six pretty good players in this last draft. If Zach Wilson's good, the, the game plan's there. Have another decent draft. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're seven and nine or whatever the, whatever the current version of that is. Eight, it's you improvement. Know. Yeah. Suddenly maybe you're improving. I, I don't think they're going to, you know, the Bengals won two games, then four games, and then went to the Super Bowl. I don't think we're getting that turnaround, but you never know. Um, there's no Jamar Chase in this draft though. That's the big difference. And uh, we don't have a Tyler Boyd on, Boyd on the Jets roster. I think the <laughs> Bengals also benefited from an epic collapse of the, the AFC go. North. <laughs> well, That's no, it, it, oh, the AFC it North. benefited okay. them. Yeah, I thought, the AFC North. I thought you were going to talk nope. again about the AFC championship nope. game. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> they benefited from an epic collapse of the AFC North that shuffled them around to a position where they could go from a two-win team to a four-win team to a Super Bowl pretender. And um, I think had Baltimore stayed in it, I really don't think they would have taken the division. I but, think I picked the other Ohio team to win uh, 12 games, something like that. So I, my bad. I think so. I'm going to have to go back, take notes and compare so that I can come back on and say, pick on the chiefs all you want. Here's start, this, here's this, here's this. Start going back through what we've said. Cause there's probably a lot in there. You could uh, mine for uh, insults. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take the high road. Unlike Eli Apple. I would never take the high road. This is, this is the podcast. We're not taking the high road here. That's fair. That's All fair. right. We'll let you go. All right, sir. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we will talk soon. Thanks for being on. We loved having you, man. All right. So now I want to talk a little bit about West Ham and just the... Not so much the Premier League, because I'm going to be petty this week. I'm just going to talk about West Ham. Everyone's gone now. Dan's not here. We don't have to talk about Spurs or Conte or whatever bullshit is happening there. So let's just start out. Uh, game that really 
really sort of gave me some trouble was Manchester United 1, West Ham 0. Uh, this was a frustrating one because West Ham really didn't create anything in this game. Manchester United were clearly the better team, and it was kind of a miracle that West Ham kept them scoreless as long as they did. But as tends to happen at Old Trafford, because it always does feel like you're the secondary character in some movie about a lead character when you're playing Manchester United. Maybe it's just the coverage. But they found a late winner. Uh, that was a heartbreaker. So then we were on to the FA Cup. Fourth round tie with Kidderminster. Uh, non-league team. So they're in the sixth tier of English football. And they beat Reading to get to the fourth round of the FA Cup and play West Ham. So really great on them. They, they scored pretty early in the game. Um, and they just played great. I mean, they had a small pitch. They were really up for it. You could see they were sprinting everywhere. And it just didn't feel like the West Ham players were up for the level of effort that was going to be required. But uh, Declan Rice bailed them out. He came up with an 89th minute goal to tie it up. And then West Ham won an extra time. And it was just, uh, it was a good win in the end. I mean, it's, I'd say it's a good win. It's hard to hard to brag about a win against a six-tier side in the FA Cup where you barely scrape by, but again, they were on their pitch, they were up for it, and I honestly wouldn't have been super disappointed if they won. It would it would have been a pretty cool story. Would have been embarrassing, probably would have been something that haunted all those West Ham players for the rest of their lives, but that's how it goes sometimes. But they came out, West Ham won 2-1, they're on to the next round of the FA Cup, playing Southampton, who had a big win against Spurs midweek. Uh, West Ham won Watford 0. This was one where Jared Bowen kind of bailed them out. Again, they just didn't play that great. Watford were really well organized. They did well at the back, and uh, it wasn't like the first time West Ham played Watford where the chances were fast and loose. It was There wasn't much there. Jared Bowen was able to find a little pocket of space, uh, carry the ball up the pitch, and then put in a shot that deflected and went into the goal, and that was the only goal. Then came this week. So... West Ham, Leicester City 2, West Ham 2. Um, Leicester, West Ham kind of owned Leicester under David Moyes. Uh, so when West Ham scored the first goal, it was a long ball to Jared Bowen. They've had a lot of goals like that against Leicester. Leicester have had trouble defending them. And so you kind of felt like, okay, there's one. There's going to be two or three more. But then uh, Leicester got a penalty towards the end of the second half. Aaron Cresswell just elbowed the ball out of the box, a clear handball, right? Obviously the right call to give a penalty there. Um, Leicester tied it up right before the half. So then they went ahead uh, in the second half, and pretty much what happened was uh, Craig Dawson bailed out West Ham with just... Ball came off his shoulder, but in the 89th minute, uh, corner kick, and uh, West Ham scored to, to salvage a point. And it's a big point because it kept them in fourth until today when Manchester United won. But the reality is there's a lot wrong right now. And it's... It's hard to say stuff is wrong at the same time, because when you're looking at West Ham and when you're looking at the improvement that's been made under David Moyes, it's hard to, it's hard to complain about that. You feel kind of like an idiot if you're complaining about that. So I want to be clear. There's nobody on this podcast of the West Ham fans, which is me, saying that David Moyes needs to be fired. That would be absolute insanity. David Moyes is... What he's done is unbelievable. He is my manager, and I'm ride or die with David Moyes. At the same time, you can complain a little bit about the lack of substitutions. You can complain about the li- the lack of rotating players. Everyone's gassed right now. They really haven't been the same West Ham since the beginning of December. And so we're all just sort of sitting here waiting for something to change as far as just form goes. It just seems like 
everybody except Declan Rice and Jared Bowen are in bad form. And Declan Rice and Jared Bowen are bailing them out is what's happening. So it's not... <sighs> man. And I'm going to talk about Antonio. There's a lot of chatter around Antonio. Antonio's been a great striker for us, and he still is. He's still doing a lot of things to help create chances. He's just not scoring goals right now, and he's kind of in a pretty bad... He's in bad form. So it is what it is. Hopefully he'll come out of it. Um, but yeah, I think the frustrating part is just we look at how the team played the last through pretty much the entire calendar year of 2021 with a few hiccups here and there and it's just they don't look the same right now and we're all just sort of waiting for them to snap out of it we've got newcastle this weekend newcastle's been a little better i'm a little bit worried about that one i'm not gonna lie then wolves then southampton fa cup liverpool march 5th that's gonna be a tough one at anfield and then i am going march 13th i will be at west ham aston villa at the london stadium gonna be my first game at the london stadium so i'm stoked i can't wait i I'm so excited to go to this one. I'll be there Thursday, too, in London. Hopefully I'll be able to find a way to watch the Europa Round of 16 match. Uh, that one's not at home. It's on the road, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't want to complain too much about West Ham. Uh, it's it's hard because you want to say, give Moyes the benefit of the doubt. He deserves the benefit of the doubt for everything he's done. At the same time, there's some opportunities there. There's some bad subs that... Where's Ben Johnson? That's my question. Where where can we find Ben Johnson? Because Sufal isn't cutting it right now. Ryan Fredericks is definitely not the answer. So where's Ben Johnson? I, Other than that, I think when you're a small squad like that, some of these guys, there's not a lot of rotation that can happen. So some of these guys are just going to have to play their way back into form. And that's my recap of West Ham. I just wanted to go on a little rant when those guys left. But uh, Spurs, Spurs, it does seem like I'll speak for Dan. It does seem like the Conte bounce is going away a little bit. It seems like the uh, new shininess is wearing off there because they had a tough loss to Southampton, a tough loss to Wolves, and now you're seeing quotes in the media, things like that. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. I stand my by, by my prediction that Antonio Conte will resign from the Spurs job on August 8th, and it will just leave them in absolute shambles. So since Dan's not here to respond to that, I think that'll be a good point to sign off on. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Pop Sports Shorts. Thanks to Jared for joining us for the NFL season. It's been great having you. We'll miss you. Uh, come back on soon. And uh, to my co-host, Dan, thanks for calling in like uh, Dan from Lakeside. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a good night.